Greetings. Welcome to this Power for Positive Living podcast. My name is James Huey. I am your host for this podcast series, offering openness and caring through the gifts of listening hospitality. I invite you to join me here on Friendship Podcast Radio as we explore diverse topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. My family recently watched a movie together entitled Wonder. Today, I would like to share a couple of reactions and perceptions that I had from viewing this film. Like almost everything in our lives, we each tend to see different views even when we are watching the same thing. This movie was filtered through the history, the beliefs, and values of each of those in the family who watched it, myself included. I personally found the comment, quote, it's not all about you, unquote, to be one of the powerful lines in this film. In a previous podcast, I spoke at length about the view of it's all about me. I asked that if one chose a particular point of view, could that statement possibly be real for you? Could you, as a listener, be able to sum up that your interactions, your behaviors, your goals in life are all about you? I illustrated that from one perspective, yes, it can be about us, meaning our own individual different needs and wants first before we make the choice to support others. Another way of summing up is asking the question, can we really help other people before we take care of ourselves? To me, this movie illustrated still another viewpoint for one to consider as we select our own personal path for growth. The dialogue of, quote, it's not all about you, illustrates that even though we see our own views and experiences more clearly than we can see it in others, these other people around us are also individuals. They are also making choices that will meet their needs while we are making choices to meet ours. It's been my experience that while I can be on another's radar to some degree, other people are choosing their feelings and behaviors based on meeting their needs, not mine. I can say amen to the dialogue line, it's not all about you, because very seldom is it all about me. Sometimes it's a lot about me, and in some cases, it has absolutely nothing to do with me. So when we choose the expectations of what we look for in other people, we should be aware that sometimes we're not even in the equation of how they are making their choices. I believe I can make more healthy choices and I can make them when I manage for myself and let other people choose for themselves. While I can say it's not all about me, I do recognize that I can be a factor in how others are managing their choices to interact with me. 
when I am present in mind or body, I can be a factor in their world to some degree. Seldom is this all about me, just as it may not have anything to do with me. I can manage a more positive life for myself if I accept that emotions often come in degrees, and that is also true in reverse. Some people do not have an either-or. They love me or they don't love me. They can love me to some degree between 1 and 10. The people who do choose to love me do not always choose to love me in the same degree or in the same ways. We can say that human interactions can be challenging in their diversity and content. When I am using the concept of choosing a positive lifestyle, it is not about having everything to be completely compatible to my preferences. The preferences and the choices of behavior for myself and my preferences on how I wish other people would behave. Living a positive lifestyle is certainly not about having a Pollyanna experience all of the time. To me, a positive lifestyle is choosing my beliefs, my values, my feelings, my attitudes, and my behaviors that allow enrichment of the choices I, James Huey, make in relating to others and in relating to myself. If I can manage to view others and myself through the power of choosing using the prism of degrees, I personally believe you and I can make healthy choices for positive living. In one way, it truly may be all about me and my choices for living. I believe that one of the most challenging factors for us is when we are using the same word and yet the parties involved have different definitions of that word. It is very difficult when you and I are using the same word, but we may view it differently as to what it means. For example, I can say the word frequently. To one person, that may mean something happens every week of the year while another person may see the word as indicating something that happens every hour of most days. There even could be a third person who may see that the timing as happening once or twice a year. So there are many words in the English language that open themselves to a multiple range of meanings. Examples like frequently often lead us to having different expectations when we try to communicate effectively so that we understand what each is saying even as we use the same language. Just because we are using the same words does not mean we have the same meaning. That is so critical when we are talking about expectations of ourselves and even more so when we are having expectations of other people. There are so many expectations that come from the use of the word love. It means different things to different people in so many ways. And I'm just going to use love as an example of the entire concept of trying to understand the expectations that you and I take into interacting with other people. In the area of love, many hearts have been broken when one has expectations of self and another in the areas of love. 
I recall personally so many counseling sessions when this type of comment was made. If you really loved me or cared about me, you would do this. And if you really cared about your job or children or parents or anything else in life, you would do such and such. When a person makes a statement like, if she or he really loves me, cares about me, he or she would, well, usually that statement is accompanied by a lot of psychic hurt, psychic pain, and it usually has a heavy dose of disappointment. These people are expressing an expectation that has generally not been met, and the deficiency or shortfall has been hurtful. One of the goals of counseling can be helping us to understand this type of talk, helping us to understand the words we use like expectations of love, caring, faithfulness. We can try and use counseling to help understand the talk when we talk to ourselves, when we view our own self-image, or when we are striving to communicate more effectively and positively with other people. The following quotation illustrates the difficulties that you and I face when we use the language of loving and being loved by others. As we proceed on our life's journey, we each gain new experiences for the meanings of this one word called love and the power that it has on the quality of the lives that you and I choose. And author Glenn Pease has written the following. I, like every man and woman, want to be loved. But like every man and woman, I have my own idea, grounded in my own personality and temperament, an experience of what loving and being loved means. I, like every other person, have my own idea. All of my ideas are grounded in my own personality, in my own temperament, and my own experience. So when I talk about loving and being loved, those are the filters that I have. Pease continues, I frequently assume that my definition of love is the only correct one. And whether it is love or any other aspect of human interaction, this is one of the fundamental challenges we face. We frequently assume that our own personal definition, our own experience of love, is the only correct one. And life would be a lot easier if everybody would get on board and do it our way, the way we think it is the correct way for both of us to act. As a result, I want and expect to be loved in the same way that I love others, with the same responses that I interpret as evidence of lovingness. So often when we love someone, in whatever way it is, we want and expect that the person will reciprocate and love us in the same way, using the same methods, the same words, expressing the same feelings that I interpret mean lovingness. And if you don't use them, you're not loving or being loved and probably not loving enough because once again, many individuals perceive this as some kind of quantity rather than being loved and to various degrees, we tend to see it as a quantity of amount of being loved. Peace continues, I am not loved in that way. I am not loved by other people in the same way that I choose to love them. I am loved in the way that my partner thinks, 
the way he or she feels about love, the way he or she understands and expresses love. True individuality. We accept that each of us is different. When we have love and the conflicts that often happen is we are using the expectation that other people are going to do it the correct way. And the correct way often tends to be our way. Now, all of this is quite logical. Question is, can one be logical with the concepts of loving? I don't know. I believe that it is important for us to use our mind, our heart, and our soul. It's not one or the other, but hopefully some kind of working together in partnership. So the words that I use in describing the differences between me and another person in loving and being loved can be approached logically. Unfortunately, because of pain and hurt, so often we tend to let that type of logic disappear. In its place, we often do not recognize that my partner is experiencing the same incongruency that I do. They're experiencing it in reverse. So each of us can be hurt and be unable to communicate our confusion to the other. So we both can understand and then feel unloved. We don't get a chance to experience loving because we have difficulty in accepting the differences in myself and other people. You know by now that I believe there is no one way to best love another. There is no one way to best love myself. The behaviors, the attitudes, feelings, and values we all take into the experience of loving another or in loving ourselves can usually be an extension of how we choose to love ourselves. How you and I choose to love self generally gets conveyed in the choices that we choose and implement in loving other people or allowing other people to love us. Just because people make the choice that they want to love us does not mean we give them the permission or the entrance. Some people build high defenses on being protected against the love and caring of other people. This is one major reason I tend to focus so heavily into understanding how each of us chooses to see ourselves, to spend a lot of time focusing on how and understanding James Huey, how I see myself and how you, the listener, see yourself. Therefore, I offer this podcast and the others to you for your consideration as you make choices for understanding your own personal growth path and the area of love expectations. At the conclusion, what are your personal expectations of loving other people? What are your personal expectations of loving yourself? How do these expectations react to being loved by another? particularly if that person chooses and wants to love you in a way that is different than you want to love them. Questions for you to consider and ponder on power for positive living and friendship. This is your friend and host, James Huey. I thank you for listening to me on these podcasts as I share viewpoints from my own experiences with wellness psychology. They are my gifts to you, my listeners. 
Please join me next time as we continue to explore diverse topics to enrich the quality of your life. Feel free to re-listen to other podcasts in this series, which are now posted on our website at pfpl.us. As your friend and host here on Friendship Podcast Radio, I always encourage you to value and nurture yourself as the unique individual that I believe you are. Until next we meet, I remain committed to power for positive living and friendship. Good day.